One of the one of the biggest issues I face, and I want to clarify specifically, is that the Queen of Arrogance, in fact, is targeting the Constitution via her perjury, but she is front and center uh, the first wave, the first division in terms of lawfare, where people are using the courts to do which they otherwise could not be doing, where she is using the courts to specifically, she and others, to subvert and unearth and unravel and derail uh, the constitutional process up to and including the franchise. That's what this is about. Going after Rudy Giuliani for libel. Going after Mike Lindell and Fox and others for daring to question. And I'm not suggesting, let me just, for me, let me be very clear here. I'm not suggesting there's nothing actionable. I'm not suggesting that there was nothing that was said that obviously withstood a motion to dismiss. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that this is the new way. This is a new form of getting at your enemies through prosecutions, civil, liable. Just like we found out, um, there were ways of shutting down speech through um, shadow banning and banning and demonetizing and alleging hate and racism and, and, and everything else for that matter. That's what is being done right now. And that's what's critical. Focus on that. That's what we're talking about this morning. By the way, dear friends, uh, thank you for being here. We're starting a little bit later than usual. I had a morning appointment. I want to say Bill Starkey, welcome new member. And Timothy Finley, welcome. Time to make use of Tar and Feathers Great Again. Great shows, Lionel and Mrs. L. Thank you so much for your for your kindness and speaking the truth. Absolutely. Uh, again, let me ask you to subscribe to the channel. Make sure you, the, the subscription is critical so you know what's going on. Make sure you hit that little bell so you're notified of live streams and new videos and the like. And more importantly, let's start off right now with somebody who uh, who is in the news, who needs our support. And by the way, you need his incredible products. Well, it is time yet again, my friends, to hail and salute our great friends at MyPillow.com. And if you use promo code Lionel, you'll get a free gift. No purchase necessary. And yes, I know a free gift. It's a tautology. So sue me. But first, please listen. What are we talking about here? Down comforters, flannel sheets, Giza dream bed sheets, my pillow 2.0 sheets, slippers, percales, towels, quilts, bedspreads, mattresses, mattress covers, mattress toppers, linens, kitchen towels, bathrobes, name it. Literally name it. Items to help you luxuriate and relax and they're monster sellers slippers my slippers that's right slip-ons moccasins think about it what do they do at my pillow they make things real soft and plush and comfy how perfect but here's the link mypillow.com promo code lionel or mypillow.com slash solidus or virgule slash lionel or call 800 645 4965. And watch how fast Mike answers the phone. MyPillow.com. Promo code Lionel. Promo code Lionel. Simply and absolutely the best. 
Now, my friends, why why it is fun and has been fun, obviously, to point out the the hysterically bombastic and uh, uh, incredible uh, antics of one Fannie Wilson. By the way, you must focus on what is happening in addition. If you want to see the next level, the next the next person is Tiffany Henyard. Tiffany Henyard is the mayor of Dalton, Illinois, a little town. She is by far in terms of just I mean if you if take Fannie Willis Take this contemptuous behavior and the like and have it multiplied by some inordinate factor. Have her also recognize the fact or speak to the fact, this is very important, have her speak to the fact that she makes Fannie Willis look like Indira Gandhi. Wait until you see this one. That, that's all I'm going to say. Wait until you see Tiffany Henry. If you just if you just enjoy uh, this this absolutely uh, bombastic, rude behavior, she is the best. But recognize what this is, and this is still important. And it's kind of fun and everything. You know, we. It's been argued that we are not really in charge of our elections. The CIA is, DOJ, FBI, the, the uh, uh, various DAs and U.S. attorneys. And, and sad to say, because of this litany of folks like, remember James Comey and Peter Strzok and his girlfriend, Letitia James, Alvin Bragg, Fannie Willis, and a host of deep state shadow government PSYOPs and uh, lawfare, all of this, we simply cannot trust the system. And if we question it, we're called racist. And the, the, the the most incredible is this example of blatant lawfare, is the democratic controlled, a deep state in Fulton County, Georgia. This absurd trial just blows, you, you can't believe it's still going on. And, and by the way, many people say that's really one of the best cases they have against Donald Trump because they're using a racketeering theory behind this. Now, this Democratic DA is basically prosecuting Trump on what amounts to a phone call that he made, quote, looking for 11,000 whatever votes, not to be created, not to be stolen, not to be, you know, just to, to be found. Al Gore was doing the same thing. Remember, remember after the 2000 elections, they were arguing, they had the hanging chads, the pregnant chads, the, the Chad Everett's, the, all of these, all of these, I mean, they, they had to go to the Supreme Court. You talk about holding it up, you know, delaying this. One could have argued, oh, these are specious claims. But it was a different story then. And by the way, the deal was made for Al Gore. Would you like to be a carbon billionaire? Then 
And then we have, as, as the case developed, then we find out this clown. I mean, she's a clown, but then you've got the clown's clown. This is Nathan Wade. This overpaid, former, I guess, paramour. And he's never, apparently people have looked at anything which indicates that he would have been necessarily equipped to handle something of this complexity. And I was reading, somebody was perusing his website. It says he does contract law, family law, personal injury, criminal defense. And there was this one line that I read. Someone said that his website said, our firm prides itself in working with the most prestigious corporations in Georgia. Has he ever tried a felony case, a complicated case, a racketeering case? Have you ever? Why would would he be selected? Well, I think we know why. Now, he also has a lot of this cash. And this cash, this, this, this is so incredible. I know it's a black thing. I recognize that. Fanny's father said, oh, it's a black thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You know, you know, that's that that's the thing. That's the story. We, you know, we Mr. Floyd said this. We have to, we have to accept this. We have to accept this fact that it's just something that black folks do because of his uh his instance years ago when they wouldn't take his American Express. And he was uh able to uh you remember this, John Clifford Floyd, and 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 he also made it very very clear that this forever changed his life, and he had he wanted to make sure that his daughter knew that she should always have cash, and this degree of utter and absolute nonsense was actually promoted and it was allowed to be said without any fear of any recrimination, any kind of problems. Don't worry about it because Mr. Floyd and Fanny, you can say whatever you want. This is this is Fulton County. You can just, just say, you got cash. I mean, every, it, 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 we, nobody knew that you could lie this much. Nobody, nobody knew. So, what what's interesting? They go to they went to what was it Belize and Aruba and they had cruises and uh, they could uh, go to uh, wine tastings and uh, and she she's paying four five seven hundred dollars. She also said later on she doesn't have checks. What do you mean you don't have a checking account? I I, I don't even I never see anything like it. I swear to you, I know a lot. I mean, some very, very, very rich people. And I've never seen, I mean, unless you're Paul Castellano, who walks around with, you know, three, four, five thousand in cash, you know, rolled around. This is incredible. I mean, this is the most incredible. I mean, this is, I, I don't understand how this thing works. Now, Fanny also told us she uh, has cash. Now, what's interesting, too, is this. Our government, our, you know, 
shadow government, deep state, hates cash. They're asking us to report transactions. I mean, little remember cash apps and Venmos and over six. I mean, everything you can imagine. They hate cash. See, uh, CBDC, central bank digital currencies coming up next. They, they want cashless transa- transactions. They hate cash. Not for her. It's a different story. She also said that she uses cash from her campaign, which is another, yet another admission under oath that must be looked at. It's just literally, actually unbelievable. It, it's just like you, you cannot believe how much money these people are talking about. And how many people do you know who have this fortune, this nice little nest egg net worth of over $8 million on a government salary? And I'm not even sure she has a checking account because I don't do checks. Okay, fine. I mean, I mean, how did how did this happen? Yeah, I mean, just you, you know, you got you got you got to ask the question: How does this? How does this? Where eight million? Did you see? They, they said the amount of gold she has on stand and acres, and I mean, what what is going on here? Every time we turn around, the only person who loses money at this is is Donald Trump. You know, these public servants, these people who supposedly are doing the best I can to do the people's work. You've got McConnell and Fauci and uh, Chuck Schumer, Biden, of course, the Biden, the Biden crime family. You've got Pelosi. These people go in there. Now, well, let's say they, they go into office and their, their net worth just balloons on government salaries. How does this work? And yet, they want you and me to account for every little stupid thing you can imagine. It's the most incredible thing. And then, sometimes they'll have another lie that makes you wonder, why are you lying about this? What do you think of people who are, I guess they're in their 50s, maybe? In their 50s? They say they started dating in 2019, right? Or they they started, they took trips, but they said... They only had sex. Well, I don't get this. They started dating, but they didn't have sex until 2022, just right after the lawyer was, uh, Mr. Wade was hired. Do do you look at look at those crew? Look at that crew, and ask yourself: Do you really think? Do you really think? Does that make any sense? Does any of that make even remotely any sense? These folks, do you think they held up? They saved themselves? I mean, there is nothing credible about anything she has said. Let me say this. This is why it's so important. This is why I've never seen anything like it. It is beyond anything anybody has ever seen. It is the most incredible story I've ever heard. Nothing makes sense. Nothing even remotely makes sense. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is even remotely or 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 tangentially honest. And this is this is one thing that's going on. This is the woman who wants to destroy. But by the way, not not just destroy. We're not talking Letitia James. We're not talking about you know finding him in the civil case. 
we're talking about somebody who was applying a basically an organized crime, kind of a Gambino crime family um, uh, action against Donald Trump to destroy him and have him face criminal, incarcerative, carceral exposure. And if you ever see her, if you watch, you cannot, you think you have seen arrogance. Again, there's nobody like that. Letitia James doesn't doesn't act. She speaks in a very interesting, you know, way. But she's a she's the AG, and you know, she gives the old, you know, the uh, Donald Trump is not above the law. Okay, fine. These two, well, Henyard is just off the charts. She, I mean, she. They are going to burn her. She's just not even salvageable. She's just, she is so, there's nothing redeemable about Tiffany Henry. But anyway, but Fannie Willis shows this absolute power hungry, hungry megalomania that I have not seen anybody even remotely, even remote. I've never seen, I've never seen this. I've never seen people talk like that. Rudy Giuliani was certainly bombastic. Never sounded like this. Uh, Chris Christie. I've never seen such a power hungry this. And I still want to know how in the hell did you get $8 million as a public servant? Where does this, how does this, where does this come from? And nobody questioned it. You know, just because you, you declare your assets as a public figure doesn't mean that you, I mean, do you, if all of a sudden you're a billionaire, you don't think anybody should ask you any questions? Do you have any clue as to how, how corrupt this system is? Why would you even believe any of it? Look what they're doing to Rudy Giuliani. Now, Rudy, Rudy has been sloppy. The evidence is that Rudy was drinking too much. Rudy was really, really, Rudy really dropped his, lost his fastball. He's not the Rudy we knew. He's not the Rudy that we, I'm sorry. He's just not, not the same guy. He just didn't have it. He's, 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 he was wonderful. Best mayor certainly we've ever had. And there are people who say that when he was a when when he was himself a prosecutor or the U.S. attorney, he was boorish himself and might have might have sidestepped the laws, depending upon who you are. But irrespective of all this, irrespective of everything that we have here, I am telling you, I am saying to you, dear, dear, dear friend, that in my lifetime. And we've seen some. There was a guy that I saw years ago named this guy named Bob Merkel, who was the U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Florida. Mad Dog Merkel. And he, I mean, he was out of control. But his deportment, the way he conducted himself, was still different than, than the way people would. Uh, I mean, he was, he was a boorish, hellish, uh, firebrand, and uh, you know, he petrified people, but we've never seen anything like this, and that's what's critical. And we're seeing this thing called lawfare. And when you see people who are, and I guess to a certain to to a certain extent, you 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 can't 
you separate this. But when you see somebody who was clapping and laughing and chiding and celebrating and and you 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 hear guffaws and and laughter and chortles and cachinations about Trump always oh, going to lose his money. Oh, they're going to sell Trump Tower. They're going to strip him of his name, of his buildings, of his properties, of his wealth, of his. He has done more for the city of New York than anything you can even remotely imagine. He has put more people to work. He has he he changed the image, the skyline. He is absolutely without a doubt. And he he has a a very outsized ego. Okay, fine, good. He's very confident. Very good. Very good. Nothing wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with that. Do you see anything? I don't don't see anything. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me in the least. And we still love him. We love him no matter what. No matter what. No matter what this is about. We still love him. He was still the best president I've seen. I think in my lifetime, who did so much to change things so fast. It was an exciting time, absolutely. And we have this bum, this this poor, decrepit, exaggeratedly so, this decrepit fool who is involved in one of the biggest money grabs and organized crime. This is this is the. You know, it's hard to say when all of these things with Biden, you know, was he a vice president at the time? Was it afterwards? Was it still? I mean, the things that selling his office, selling, doing, violating the public trust and using that horrible, pathetic, drug-addled, disgusting son, that disgusting, but not, not just, he's not just this poor soul who, who, you know, had some problems with hitting the pipe. No, 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 no. You know, and I know that we will never, ever, ever have anybody peruse carefully everything on that laptop. You know it. I know it. Can you honestly say, can you honestly say, dear friend, truly, can you honestly say that he has... I don't know what the word is. Do do you have any any um any confidence that that laptop was looked at carefully to make sure there's no pictures of children or small animals or petting zoo inappropriate? No, he did whatever he wants. Hookers, drug. I mean, he was he was the lowest. He is Hollywood you know, uh, holly weird level of, of deranged, absolutely deranged. Like nobody's ever seen before. Do you, do you see? And yet he has been unscathed. He it's been little prickly, little interludes, little moments of, Oh, well, a little, a little, Oh, well, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's the way it is. So what? That's the oh let's let's be kind let's understand and nobody you 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 have this fellow this president your president who was sitting before the world doing and going through the throes of this exaggerated this monumentally exaggerated confused state 
with his rubber grips. And he, I mean, he's laying it on. You don't think for a moment he's this gone, do you? Hell no. Absolutely not. Lawfare. How about nothing ever happened with finding out the cocaine, whose cocaine it was? Remember that? Of course not. You forgot because they throw things at you and then they just, just like with a kid, you just change the subject and move along. Oh, well, what about that? Oh, I don't know. Something, I guess, whatever. I don't know. Remember the woman who came and flashed at the White House? Remember this debauched, demented? Remember that trans or gender confused uh, intern who with the long nails and was making a mockery of the White House, our White House. Remember that? That was part of this. You've got a, a, a Biden who's who's not even at the White not even there. He's in some root cellar, narcotized, handcuffed to some radiator in some root cellar, cellar in Wilmington, waiting, waiting for, you know, Matlock or Golden Girls to come on in the afternoon. He's He's just gone. And he's laying it on and laying it on. And they want you to see this. They want you to see this. And when it comes to the if the of the this testimony or the plans regarding, ladies and gentlemen, regarding Israel and Palestine, I don't know if you have really uh, followed this. I don't know if this is even your cup of tea. I don't know this. But let me tell you something. Our international policy, I the the foreign policy that we have regarding the Gulf states and the Middle East is incoherent at best. And I'm being kind, absolutely being kind. You don't know how bad this is going to be. You have no idea. Americans don't know anything. The media don't know anything. Can you tell me the difference between the ICJ and the uh, international criminal, the ICC? Can you? Can you tell me anything about that? Do you do you recall that one? Do you remember those differences? Can you say that? Can you ask yourself the question, does this make sense to you? Can you say that you understand how the International Court of Justice differs from the International Criminal Court? Can you tell me what exactly is the stage? Where, where do we sit regarding what's happening? In the Middle East. Anybody have any idea about that? Anybody? Why don't Americans care? Because the media don't care. Because the media don't bother. What about Julian Assange? Anybody talk about that? Of course not. Of course not. Because he's just, well, whatever. We're just too busy. And that's that's the way everything is. But the reason, the reason why is for some reason, and I'm glad of this, people are paying attention to this Fannie Wilson case. Willis. I keep saying Wilson. And I'm glad. And if it took this, then so be it. I don't care what. Sometimes certain things stick. Sometimes we'll make fine. If this is what you're interested in, great. And I have found more folks who want to know more about it and are able to take the Fannie Willis story and extrapolate it to other examples of complete and total unconstitutional abuses of power. And this notion called lawfare. Lawfare. Do you hear what I'm saying? Lawfare. 
how the courts are interrupting. And by the way, I'm going to be doing a presentation with my good friend, Diane Diamond, who wrote an incredible expose on the the guardianships and conservatorships and how people are having, again, individual lawfare, having their particular rights subjugated and overturned and destroyed by individual courts doing something, quote, in your behalf. You are being hit with levels. The law has affected you drastically. Look how they're going after journalism through Julian Assange. Julian Assange is a journalist. They want to teach him a lesson. Is once you're in the crosshairs, it doesn't matter. They are not happy until they grind you into dust. That's what they're doing, President Trump. That's what we're doing. And are we going to let it happen? I think we are. Nobody's stopping this. That's why when the Fannie Willis case came along, finally, finally, somebody said, okay, that's enough. Couldn't do it with the Roger Stone thing. It was a waste of time. Couldn't do it with any of the other cases. Rudy Giuliani in the other case, this might, this is going to, this case, if Judge McAfee does the right thing, it doesn't pull a Judge Ito on this, he cannot be, if he cares about his career, he has got to get away from this stinking, heaping pile of excrement that you can imagine. He's got to run from this. He's got to get out of his way. It will, in effect, destroy it, but People know right now that Fannie Willis is so disgusting, so contemptible, so out of the ballpark, nuts, nuts, entitled, arrogant, narcissistic, out just this. I mean, she is, this isn't normal. This is a chance for him to do the right thing. And you have the chance to do the right thing too, especially when it comes to preparedness in the event of an emergency and food emergency. So listen very carefully to this incredibly, incredibly important uh, offer that is going on right now. So focus. Let's talk about a very serious subject, emergency food. That's right, emergency food. I know, I know. At first blush, it's difficult for, for most people to think about something that they just take for granted ever reaching emergency status. We're used to stores always being open, deliveries always made, no supply chain disasters, no ransomware catastrophes, none of that stuff. Nothing sh- shutting down our gas stations, right? No trucking strikes, no war, no protests from farmers, nothing catastrophic in terms of weather. Nope, that can't happen to us. Uh-uh. And I understand it's a defense mechanism that we have because the idea of ever not being able to eat or locate food is seemingly incomprehensible. Well, it's not. That's why it's time for you to go to my site, preparewithlionel.com. Preparewithlionel.com has the deal of deals for you. Now, take it as a, as a starter set. You've been putting off emergency food for too long. Some people still have a thing about prepping as though preparing for emergency is foolish. Now, right now, you can save $60 on a four-week emergency supply kit. This is unbelievable. 16 varieties with a 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories a day in two beautifully modular uh, buckets that weigh 38 pounds total. These are waterproof and they're perfectly stackable. Four weeks, a month. Now, be honest. Could you go a week without any trips to any store? I'm not talking about having stuff in your cabinet. I'm not talking about banana chips and jerky. I mean food, real food. So go right now to preparewithlionel.com. Right now, right this moment, preparewithlionel.com. Preparewithlionel.com. You'll thank me. Trust me.
My friend, the level of contamination of our system, the level of corruption, the, 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 what we are seeing now is beyond anything anybody has ever seen. We've never seen politicians like this targeted by virtue of the entire judicial system. Oh, there have been people who've had problems. You know, Nixon obviously uh, avoided his particular problems, but there was, you know, um, Sparrow Agnew was charged criminally. I mean, it happens. Um, there was, um, well, you go through the list, the people who've Blagojevich and others and, uh, uh, Tom DeLay, and, you know, people charged with, it, it's happened, but not like this. Imagine everybody going after Jimmy Carter, everybody going after George Bush. Everybody, every single, can you, do you believe it's possible for Donald Trump to have been, to have committed these many errors, both civilly and criminally? Do you think it's even possible that anybody could be this criminal and everybody in his orbit could be this susceptible and this liable to civil and criminal liability? Do you think that's even, do you, is there anybody who has done this much? John Gotti, they didn't get this much. This is, I mean, this, this was, they, they just, they've come at him from every conceivable angle and people have done this idea of going after him and his scalp on the wall represents the prize. That's what this is about. That's all. It represents the prize. And we've got to do something about my friend. And the thing we can first do is you must be aware of this. Our problem as a country is the amount of willful, deliberate, knowing, and intelligent nations, non-science, non-information, ignorance, We've never seen anything like this. Whether it's Israel, Palestine, name it. People don't know anything. Lori Cuck, our friend, says, second time of votes taken regarding ceasefire in Gaza. No UK president. Everybody else votes for it. And by the way, Lori, what kind of a ceasefire? Ceasefire that implies there's two fires. You see, people have this idea. They are saying the following, that right now as we speak, that there is this battle going on between the, the, the forces of Hamas and the, the military might of Israel. And there, there has been, certainly. But what we are seeing right now, and even, even Prince William discussed this, he talks about the, the level of death and destruction of innocent people. There is nothing like and if you if you exchange the name, let's say Israel with France, it'd be a completely different story. I know people too, Lori, who have this idea. Like, look, October the seventh happened. What do you want Israel to do? They're surrounded by people who want to wipe them off the map. They got to get tough. This is the way, and that's it. They talk about it. It's like, look, October the seventh, they beheaded people, they uh, decapitated people, they. Uh, cut women's breasts off with farming tools. Have you heard the other side of this? No. 
Do you think the American public is aware of the other aspects of this? Do you think, do, do they know what people are saying? Do they? No. We're very lucky to have Trump. He's so strong. He is, Laurie. And by the way, let me explain something. And, and thank you, by the way. Uh, when it comes to Trump, Trump is, Trump and the, and the Democrats are absolutely identical when it comes to Israel. Identical. 100% identical. There is no difference whatsoever. None. Nothing. There is no difference at all. And there is no daylight between the positions of these. And look at Blinken. Blinken just cannot believe. He looks like a, he looks like he's in a hostage video. And there's going to be something, it's going to be something very serious is going to happen when you have people in the Democratic Party themselves who are recognizing the fact, and by the way, there are strong contingencies of the of the AOC and the squad and Bernie Sanders and, and others who do not uh, endorse this particular military activity, who do not endorse Americans' positioning and are adamantly against it. And they have not been able to speak. And there are many, many people within the Democratic Party, right or wrong, who are recognizing the fact that this is something that they just do not. And there are folks within, think about this, within the prototypically usual Democratic Party, who are Jew- Jewish and uh, liberal and progressive, who have to go, in some cases, to the right, to the Fox News crowd, in order to have them appreciate their particular position regarding Israel. So this is this is a fascinating story. Laurie says, I'm Team Israel, but you can see. I'm Team Israel, but you can see. Okay, I'm not sure what that means. Who remembers in 1978, Vanessa Redgrave won the Academy Award for Julia. And she, I believe, and she gave this speech where she talks about the thugs, the palace. She actually was viewed then, I remember this, of being in favor of or standing in, 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 in support of Yasser Arafat, the PLO. She was considered beyond despicable, beyond despicable. And that's exactly what happened. And what also happened, which is the most uh, terrible and sad about this whole event, was that she was later on, and she continued this. And, And it was just unheard of. And what she said then, what she said then was a different story. Laurie says, sorry, LOL, I can see. Okay, let me see. He says, I'm Team Israel, but I can see. Yes. Listen, I, let me see, Lori and others. Let me explain to you something that we're hearing for the first time. The level of of interest in this and why this is fascinating is for the following reasons. You have people who are Jewish and people who are not Jewish. People who are conservative, people who are not people who are for Israel in defending themselves, people who are against Hamas and others, they view this as a as an existential threat, both of the Israeli people and Israel. And then you have something called Zionism. And for the first time in my recent history, thanks to the advent of the, to the introduction of the uh, <clears throat> internet and platforms, People are talking about or separating support of Israel, 
support of Jewish people, anti-Hamas with Zionism. The notion of land acquisition by virtue of either biblical and or UN international uh, edict and the displacement of people who claim to have valid claims to areas where there was coexistence before. This is a separate and distinct argument that many people thought, well, this was, this was pretty much uh, closed. Well, it's not anymore. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Because people for the first time are saying, wait a minute, because I don't think anybody really, this sounds crazy. This sounds crazy. I don't think people understood what displacement fact accompanied the notion of the establishment of Israel. What do I mean by that? The Nakba, the the catastrophe on the part of the Palestinians. I know many folks, you must understand something. It was a 1933 movie, Dr. Moreau, or it was called uh, The Natives Are Restless. I should say The Natives Are Clueless. And that should be the name of my particular show because I represent the clueless factions, people who don't really know what the hell they're talking about. And that's that. The other group I represent, people in the fishbowl. They live in a fishbowl here in this country. They live in a fishbowl where they see things very, very simply. And they see things pursuant to the particular storyline that's been given to them. But many people I know have said, I always just assumed that there was this land and Israel was granted it by virtue of this, uh, you know, Balfour uh, Declaration and UN and, okay. And then, yeah, there might have been some problems, but it just never went any further. At the same time, at the same time, these same people are recognizing the fact that, wow, I might be able to see somebody else's claim. Imagine you're at home and somebody knocks on the door and says, hi, I'm from Brooklyn. I've never been here before, but my family, we own your house. It's a very, very simplistic way of looking at it, but that's the way it's being presented. Mower Man, by the way, says, morning, Mr. L. Fanny B. Tender. What a waste of oxygen. She really is. Even the brothers Gibb couldn't write a song to make this Fanny palatable. By the way, I did email the information on our emergency shelters you requested, and I received it, Borman, and I thank you. And we'll be uh, responding accordingly. It's absolutely fascinating. Thank you, kind sir. Thank you. Let me go back to Fanny. Do not dismiss the Fanny thing as just some, eh. No, no, no. This is a very, very, very critical critical story because it evinces and and illustrates lawfare at its most corrupt we're also going to be saying as i'm saying right now for the first time in 75 76 years some people have never really understood or thought about or considered anything involving the formation of israel the particular country what it means uh, settlements, uh, disputes, wars, uh, Gaza, what happens, where do they go? The number of people killed, 1% of the population killed, what is happening? Imagine um, 3 million people, let's say, killed in our country. The, the, the numbers are staggering. And it's not, it's not out of anything other than 
How do I say this? It's it's the fact that Americans, for the most part, have never, ever, really don't know anything about it. And also, you are not anti-Semitic if you question Israeli policies, Israeli government policies. Haaretz is, if you read some of what their editorials have denoted, they're they're absolutely sometimes 100% antithetical to uh, uh, Likud and, uh, you know, the, the, the war tribunals and, and BB and, and, and I don't think they have any way abnegated their Jewish roots or their faith. And it's very interesting because we don't, you don't see this. We always, people love to complicate issues. And you're also hearing people on college campuses who, when they're saying something in support of Palestine, the question you have to ask is, is it indeed anti-Semitic? And it certainly can be, especially when there's any kind of threat involved. Threatening is, is takes everything off the table, changes everything completely. But if somebody were to evince, were to articulate, were to enunciate a position that is pro-Palestinian, antithetical to the position, let's say the complete inverse of that which is pronounced by virtue of Israel, is that anti-Semitic? I would submit not necessarily so. But there's a blending of the two and an obfuscation. And that's what I talk about on my private channel. And that's what people have to realize. It takes a degree of, of time to get involved in this. So my dear friends, I thank you immensely. I thank you more, man. Thank you so much. You were terrific. Lori Cuck, thank you. Thank you, uh, our good friend, Timothy Finley, and Bill Starkey, our new member. We'll see you tonight, dear friends, at 7 p.m., usual time. Remember, as we always end these particular screeds and these addresses, the monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue you. Dad, dad.